0: Ladies, happy sixth season. Six. The number six. Yes, we're back. We're back, ladies. And it's <laughs> good to be back. Um It's are, good to be back, girl. Yeah, did you have a good summer?
1: I did it was full. That's what I've decided. Do you uh-huh. know how people walk around and they're like, oh my summer is so busy, busy. I'm like, I don't, I'm not gonna use that word. I'm gonna use full. Yeah. Because it was full of good things, mm-hmm. um, and but there were a lot of them.
0: There were a <laughs> and there lot. There were a of lot of things. things. Yes, there were.
1: Um, but mm-hmm. by God's grace, we're here, mm-hmm. swinging into fall. Yes, really grateful. How about you?
0: Yes, same. My summer was full. If you all. Uh, know anything about me or don't know anything about me. I have five kids. And so my life is full. They're 25, 15, soon to be 16 and less than like mm-hmm. 20 days. 12. My daughter just turned 12 mm-hmm. today. 12, Uh, 7, and 11 months. And so- it's full. It's I feel full. like yeah. I lived in my car a lot this summer, know, Leah. Back and forth. But there were some really yeah. good things and um but I'm grateful to have a schedule. I think a lot of women feel all the
1: mamas be like
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fall. Yeah. Yeah. All the all the ladies and mamas be like mm-hmm. fall. Like mm-hmm. Regular rhythm schedule. Yeah. So shout out to all of y'all who are back in the also, carpool lines. Welcome
1: and- back to recording, Toshima. <sighs> Yes. Because it's been a minute. It has been. I mean, we've been on and off, in, um, but a lot of last season, you were on
0: maternity leave. I was on maternity leave. So, That's right. Basil turns one. I know. In like less than 20 days so, too. I'm glad to have you back, homie. Girl, I'm glad to be back. What up, y'all? I'm happy to be <laughs> back. Ladies. I feel like I should have a DJ behind me. I know. Pew, oh. pew, pew, pew. pew. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we are kicking off this season. Y'all know we love God's word. And we always start off the season with studying a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And y'all, this is a this is a shorty but a goodie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's if a shorty but shout. a goodie. I know, I know. Leah and I um even before we hit yeah, record, we were already shouting we were shouting <laughs> i literally did multiple means of falling out my seat and laying prostrate multiple times because god's word was washing over me um in such a way yeah, that um so it, it's it's just it's ministering to me um even before we talk about it and so we have the joy of doing what book of the Bible, Da-da. Leah? Dun-dun-dun.
1: Ladies, we are studying Jonah this fall. And I am so excited. I am so excited for many reasons. Tell me this why. book is so short. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious.
0: It's hilarious. Like
1: the way that this narrative unfolds, mm-hmm. I, I just am like, man. But it's so rich and so packed Yeah. with The big picture, like, where are we and where are we going in God's word? Like, what is God doing Mm -hmm. through the arc of his story of salvation? Mm -hmm. And so it's short. It's tiny
0: but mighty. Yes, tiny but mighty. And I think we're going to get a lot out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jonah is um, one of the minor prophet books of the Bible. And the minor prophets are labeled the minor prophets, not because they're... uh, like they're less, but it's just because it's a small book. It's, it's a shorter. tiny but mighty mm-hmm. book. It's shorter. And so, um, yeah, we're excited about doing Jonah. And as Leah, you just articulated, this is a narrative. And we talked a lot about like in this conversation, how do we want to sort of frame this book? And so I, I really want to start off by saying like we're going back to middle school.
1: Come
0: on. Okay. Just place yourself in middle school, reading the first play. Hopefully, maybe you even read plays in elementary, but Jonah reads itself, though a historical narrative, it reads itself almost like this story that has various scenes. So, we're breaking them up and we're calling like chapter one, scene one, chapter two, scene two, chapter three, scene three and chapter four, so on and so forth. So narrative, it's a historical narrative. We find Jonah falling into just as... um. As Leah was saying, um, this the part of scripture where we are into the kingdoms mm-hmm. and the partial kingdom, the partial kingdom actually paying out and parish kingdom. Mm-hmm. So here's what I mean by that. Talk about it. I think I, I I gotta focus and I gotta talk about it. Break it down. So when we're talking about. that the the kingdom, God is coming back. He establishes his kingdom in Genesis 1 and 2. And there's a really great book. We'll have to recommend the book um, of sort of laying out the kingdoms. Mm -hmm. But this is what I will say, is that God establishes a covenant and he is establishing a covenant that he will bring all people to himself and establish his kingdom when he makes all things new. So we have the beginning of creation, then we have the fall of man and woman. And then from that point of scripture, we see that God is establishing a forever covenant that will be established through Abraham and his line. If you guys remember in Genesis 12, it talks a lot about... Um, Abraham look up at the stars um your descendants will be as many as are up in the sky beyond beyond those numbers right and so we see this in Genesis 12, 1 through two, 3 but as the story unfolds of scripture we will see that God uses uh various people to bring people to himself and establish his kingdom through Israel and then through all peoples, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then through all peoples. So So, Jonah... When
1: you're talking about uh, the covenant to Abraham from jump, right, from Genesis, you're talking about a covenant of faith, right? Right. Because he's establishing, he's even saying, I will make you a father of many nations. Yes, yes. And so this promise is there. Yes. And God's people at that time, Abraham and his descendants, don't fully understand it.
0: Right. Right. But
1: ultimately, God's mission is always to include all people.
0: Yes, but they have a, a partial understanding of they the covenant. Understanding. understanding of the covenant, but it is not the fulfillment it's of the not, covenant by faith.
1: It's not. They don't. They don't get the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I love that throughout it, we don't even have to wait for Jesus to get on the scene. Right throughout the Old Testament, God is bringing in people from all these different nations mm-hmm. as a reflection. He's trying to give them like spoilers along the way. Yes. And a lot of times they're not getting it, which is exactly where we land here And Jonah. Right. Is God is like, no, I have a gracious inclusion for the people mm-hmm. of Nineveh that are your enemies. Yes. But you don't, you're not really on track with that. Right. Jonah, right. As,
0: a, as right. a Hebrew. Jonah is a prophet from Israel and prophets were called to give a word of truth and correction, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Jonah is actually a prophet from the northern kingdom during the time of Jeroboam. You can read about uh, Jonah, his role as a prophet to Israel, particularly the northern kingdom, in Second Kings. Yeah, he's
1: first mentioned in 2 Kings.
0: 2 Kings 14. As a prophet. As a prophet, okay? Um, and in the midst of Jonah being in the northern kingdom, he is also called by God to give a word of correction to the Ninevites. Yeah. Now, there's a little bit of backdrop here because prior to... Um, Israel having this time of peace before the Northern Kingdom actually fell because Mm -hmm. it's going to fall again, right? right? Um, Prior to this time, uh, Nineveh, who is a part of the area of Assyria, they were a very harsh and violent people. And they directly were intentional at oppressing, enslaving, Mm -hmm. killing. Talk about it. Israelites.
1: Yeah, I've even um, read accounts where they say that Israel would have been like thinking very visceral memories of their ancestors with hooks. In mm-hmm. their lips, yeah, change to one another like that, and being led as captives, yeah, in that very violent um, way. Mm-hmm. That was what the Ninevites were known for.
0: Exactly, exactly. And if you have time, you should actually go check. Um, just, just Google it. But their, their uh, artwork has been preserved. Mm. So there's a lot of, I mean, they are a very violent people. Mm -hmm. They were not only debaucherous, they were deeply violent. And so um, when we're looking at the book of Jonah, some theologians will actually say that this book is allegorical or it could be seen as a a, a, a parable. But it's a historical narrative because anytime you can go back to a people group historically right, and find it's actual artwork people actual time
1: it's actual that that people right.
0: actual time that took place
1: yeah so now sure it points to a bigger story arc right right but that's i mean god is very intentional in like this happened right. and we are to learn from it right. about something bigger that's happening yes
0: but, yeah the so. story of scripture yeah. is not separate from the history of that's right creation. That's right. And so that's how uh, we gain all of the background mm-hmm. to this. We're looking at this uh, this book of scripture mm-hmm. as a historical narrative. Yeah. As we're reading it, though, we want to read it in its separate parts, almost like a play.
1: Right. Yeah. You had mentioned it. It sort of yes. flows like that. Yes. And there's the... There's almost, um, we talked about like almost the satire level to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm reading it like it's a skit on SNL. Okay. Cause 'cause I'm like, this is, this is wild. Yeah. The way that some of these interactions pop off and just the drama that's in it. Yes.
0: The interactions are quite ironic. What do we mean by ironic? It is not something that would normally happen. It's, Not something that would happen really at all. Like a person being swallowed by a huge fish, Mm -hmm. that's ironic. You know, people throwing a human... Someone being asked to be thrown over a ship by some people... A, an attempted assisted suicide almost, that's ironic. Right. You, you understand? Right. Um, so there's irony here. You can sort of see satire. That's why we talked about going to middle school because when we're talking about this in various chapters, we're going to sort of pull out some of those things, okay? So who is Jonah? Jonah's name or Yona? I think it's Yonah. Um, the J is sort of like silent, like a Y, His name actually means dove or flighty. And, I mean, if you've read Jonah, you can probably pretty much say, like, oh, yeah, he was flighty, all right. Um, And so that gives us a little bit of insight. And then what are some of the circumstances, Leah, um, into the reasoning why he was sent um what's happening here with him
1: so it it is it overlays this is one thing you were talking Mm -hmm. about it overlays the stories um in it overlays the story in second kings it also overlays in the backdrop of the major prophets right because this is all of these this movement that's happening
0: Mm -hmm. with
1: the people of Israel and the two kingdoms is happening as a backdrop to this. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of that, you have the significance of Jonah as a Hebrew. Right. And the, the significance of the national um, violence, the violence between nations right. and having enemy nations. And so Jonah is like really in this place of like, preservation of the people of Israel who mm-hmm. are who are weak and who are small and there's this emphasis on no we are God's people we are the chosen ones mm-hmm. and Nineveh are our straight up enemies our arch mm-hmm. enemies our warrior enemies mm-hmm. and not only enemies like Equal, but actually, Nineveh is our oppressors. Yes. Okay. We mm-hmm. talk about that. They are our oppressors, our enslavers. Yeah. And so there's a significance, I think, where we're going to see God's call on Jonah. He's like, Who are you sending me to again? Mm-hmm. No.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. We're going to see the exposure of a lot of his heart, a lot of his actions, a lot of um, even his thoughts being brought into his work. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if
1: you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, And on our website, which
0: is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Let's talk about some of these key players. Who are the key players in the book of Jonah? Jonah
1: is... Ironically, not the main character of Jonah.
0: Stop. Say that again.
1: Jonah ain't the main character. Who's the main
0: character? The
1: Lord is his, the Lord, the name of the Lord is mentioned 25 times Mm, mm, mm. throughout the book. And you brought that to my attention. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, And though Jonah is the namesake of the book, we were, we're like, he's sort of operating as an antagonist more so. Because throughout what God is doing and God's actions, Jonah is often working against it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. The main sort of momentum of the book is to get the word of judgment to the Ninevites so that they can repent. And Jonah is constantly working against that. Mm
0: -hmm. And yet God will not be, his plans will not be thwarted. So the Lord is the main character, right? We see his name mentioned as L O R D caps locks. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Right. Yeah. So we see the presence of the triune God throughout Jonah. We see the presence of God, who is the creator. Mm -hmm. We see the presence of God as spirit where his word goes forth. Mm. And then we see the presence of God as the son, as the, as the means for salvation. Jonah cries out at one point in his prayer in chapter Mm. two, salvation belongs to the Lord. And we know now on this side of the new Testament, Mm -hmm. how salvation comes to God's people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very manifest. So when we see God showing up in The book of Jonah, we're seeing the full manifestation of the triune God Mm. at work and active in this story of of Jonah.
0: Mm. And then we see in each chapter these interactions with these uh, sort of subset key players um, in the narrative you have in chapter one, the sailors, Mm -hmm. and then... um, and in chapter two and four, you see this conversation with the Lord and Jonah, right? And scene three, mm-hmm. you see uh, the Ninevites and the king. And so, um,
1: yeah, I think that's why it's important
0: to read the whole thing too,
1: Toshiba, because it's so, seeing the bigger mm-hmm. picture of how you do see it break down, there's this interaction between Jonah and the outsiders quote unquote the nations
0: mm-hmm. in
1: chapters 1 and 3 yeah and then you see god really communicating having these dialogues with jonah in chapters 2 and 4 and how it, it's you can Look at the bigger picture and even notice the difference of what those interactions tell you about how God is relating to those groups of people.
0: Yeah, mm, that's good, Leah. That's good. That's good. So we know that this is taking place, right, um, as Jonah is trying to head to Tarshish about 2,000 miles away from Nineveh. Mm -hmm. Um, Nineveh was just a shorter stint and he finds himself going the other direction, direction. the opposite direction. And so we we want to ask ourselves, why are these things taking place? And Leah, you alluded to this before that Jonah is a foreshadow of the story arc of scripture around salvation. We see this this language um and even the clues of what salvation embodies in in alignment with scripture all throughout scripture. Especially Leah and I were like studying this and as we were reading Jonah, there just kept being passage after passage mm-hmm. from the New Testament that we have hidden in our heart that we were like, yes, do you remember what this is? Connection, like right? these connections. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but in verse nine of Jonah 2, right? It's gonna it's gonna land the plane and say, Salvation belongs mm-hmm. to the Lord. And so we see this this story arc with a a theological truth and, and key principle, which is salvation. That is what the crux of this book is wrapped around is salvation. And so salvation is not though, which is so dope as we see in Jonah, it's not just for Israel. It actually is for Gentiles. And so you see, God having interaction with Jonah, with Israel, people of covenant. And then you see him engaging in the space with Gentiles through the Ninevites as well as the sailors, right? Right. And so um it's it's pointing us to the Abrahamic covenant, as you said before from Genesis 12. And so the Abrahamic covenant is not one that is based solely upon uh the commands, the law of God, but it's based on having faith in God alone through Christ alone. Right. And so let- I think
1: it's I think it's worth pointing out too that And maybe I already said this, so sorry if I'm being redundant, but the emphasis is worth it. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. That all throughout the Old Testament, God is communicating his love to the people that are outside of Israel. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we're like, okay, there's Israel and there's everybody else. Like God, God's like got his chosen people. Mm-hmm. But, and sometimes that helps us to, when we look at God's care for the nations, you could say the outsiders or wherever you want to say it, mm-hmm. because it reminds us that when we're, we, we hear these narratives of God as this sort of like violent, aggressive, God of the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he is constantly showing mercy Mm -hmm. and bringing and creating pathways in for people who will respond in faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in Jonah, we see that the sailors respond in faith, right? right? We see that uh, Nineveh, the people of Nineveh respond in faith through repentance. And and there are many other places throughout the Old Testament where, like, I even think about, like, Joshua going into Jericho and encountering Rahab who responds in faith. It's like... There are all these instances where throughout the Old Testament God is inviting yeah. people who were not originally like 100% Israel through birth mm-hmm. and through the line of Abraham mm-hmm. or the line of Jacob mm-hmm. and he's saying, "No, there I have a place for you in in my story. I have salvation for you." Yeah. This is the God of the Old and the New Testament.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I love the fact that it actually says that to get to Nineveh is three days. It's a three-day journey, but because the Lord had salvation for the Ninevites, for the Gentiles, day one, salvation has come, okay? Mm. Today is the day of salvation. Mm. He said, I'm going to spit you up and then I, day one, <laughs> yep. And then it worked. Day Day one. Day one. Okay. Day one. Because he's God and his plan. And this to me, Jonah is a book that is highlighting that salvation is for the Gentiles.
1: That's right.
0: Okay. We're saying Jew and Gentile because Jonah is a Jew. And he is directly in disobedience. And God is still out of his love, mercy, and compassion trying to draw him, right. even though he being out here uh, out of pocket. Right. Okay. He just Which out is here out of know. pocket. Which is good to know. Like,
1: I- I'm just taking all types of side streets. So. We
0: are taking side streets. But it's fine because we're in Jonah. And Jonah is super dope. <laughs>
1: Okay, so this is my last side street. Who is the audience? Who is originally reading this? Who is like the first set of people who are reading this over and over again? It's Israel, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about when you read yourself or when you see yourself in a story, that's often like you're looking for the person who represents you, right? So Israel is looking and they're saying, okay, Jonah, that's my people.
0: That's my people.
1: And then God says, well, look how he acts.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. He was look out of at pocket. His, look at, look at his, his out of pocketness.
1: Out of pocketness, his reluctant and slow obedience, mm-hmm. but also look what I'm entrusting him with. Yeah. I'm entrusting him with a message that is meant
0: to turn people from death to life girl you you trying to you trying to you, don't get don't get us started okay so i'm saying we're not going to rush the story we're not <laughs> going to rush the storyline we're not
1: going to rush the storyline <laughs> yes it's so I- important though to look and see this is God's like purpose for the people that are reading it and That's listening right. to it. I've entrusted right. you with a message. Yes. And it's supposed to go out. Yes. And then in looking at our response, I think we can interpret Jonah's response and our response. But we're, we're going to leave that for episodes to come.
0: The episodes to come. The but key verse.
1: Talk to us about the key verse.
0: <laughs> the key verse. Um, you know, a lot of times people love saying Uh, Jonah four in chapter four, that like, yes, God is merciful and compassionate. He is abounding in steadfast love. Yes, yes, yes. But as we look at what was seeking to be accomplished through the whole story, Jonah 2, 8 through 9 is our key verse. And I just want to read it. Jonah 2, 8 through 9. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their fateful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That encompasses all of what takes place in Jonah one, two, three, and 4. And we're going to see that play out not just in Jonah's life, but in the lives of the sailors and the Ninevites. And so some of the repeated words, you guys know that when we uh, talk about um, our study time, we always are looking for these repeated words. And man, they are so robust in Jonah and are packed with so much rich truth and meaning. Um, there's three words that we really see, sent, presence, the Lord. There's some subsets, but those three are really gonna be central to our conversations as we talk about the book of Jonah. And then Leah, talk to us about some of the attributes of God that we see in Jonah.
1: You cannot um, read the book of Jonah and and not see that the sovereignty of God oh, is at work through yes. harnessing all of creation for his purposes, mm-hmm. right? He harnesses people, he harnesses vessels, he harnesses the land and the sea and the animals and the plants and all of creation, right? Mm-hmm. He is sovereign over all of creation and he mm-hmm. will harness it for his purposes. And, he, and, and in that too, sort of hidden in that is his power. He is all powerful mm-hmm. over the sea. He is all powerful over the fish, right? He is mm-hmm. all powerful even over the heart of a king who would turn and repent. Mm. And so really seeing that the attributes of God in that as well as his compassion, His mercy and his faithfulness, right? Mm -hmm. So we're seeing his compassion through a rebellious people being invited to turn and repent through a word of judgment. And we'll talk about that when that hits. But it's really interesting how a word of judgment actually invites repentance. But then we also see he is merciful, right? Jonah calls out that characteristic, even Mm -hmm. though he's like... I mean, I knew this about you, but I didn't want to really see it towards them. Everybody else, but not them. But not them, oh Lord. And then God's faithfulness—he's faithful to His word that He will offer, uh, you know, repentance. He will, He will receive a heart that is repentant, and also His faithfulness that He did not throw Jonah to the end, Come on. right? Come like on. He is faithful to His servants. Yep. Even when we are slow to obey. Mm -hmm. He is faithful.
0: Yeah, I think about, Leah, when you were talking, I was like covering my face over here because I was like, oh, this is so good Mm -hmm. because right now we're currently in a culture that is having these isolated, almost uh, political slash uh, uh, theological wars of conversations of like, Justice and mercy. You guys keep talking about justice and mercy. Justice and mercy is mentioned over two thousand times in Scripture, but Jonah, in particular, is the is an embodiment book of the two sided coin of justice and mercy. Mm. You cannot have mercy without the justice and judgment of God, and you cannot value and 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 worship and delight in the mercy of God without understanding the judgment and the justice of God. Mm. That because he is holy and because he is God, When he sees what is sinful, when he sees what is broken and unjust, and when I'm saying unjust, I'm saying not right, the way that he originally created his creation to delight and dwell with him and with one another in love. When he sees that, that breaks his heart, it burdens his heart, and he sets what is not right, in alignment with his very character and nature. And we see that justice and mercy in the book of Jonah. Yeah. It's a two-sided coin. Right. Talking about some uh, themes, we see these beautiful themes of God's people um, being sent. And God sends himself to Jonah. We even see that God's people as a faithful presence. We see God's mercy to the insider and the outsider, right you guys are hearing this language already um, and then the purposes of God's judgment to lead to repentance, which is what I was just talking about like
1: dropping bars
0: on <laughs> I know like justice and mercy mm-hmm. are not um ideologies they are themes and they are theological. Aspects of God's very nature right. that He is just and He is merciful, and He wants His creation to be able to communicate that yeah. to the world, right? That's Those communicable attributes. And so, some application, Leah, close us out on how we're inviting women to join us into this application for Jonah. We're
1: we're really extending an invitation that as we go through these next four chapters of Jonah, that we're looking through the lens of how it applies through our head through our hands and through our heart. If you've been around the Urban Christian Woman long enough, you know that we often use that as a lens to think, how are we actually living out the truth of the gospel? Mm-hmm. Both in our heads know, knowing what is true about God, mm-hmm. um, with our hands obeying God, and uh, with our heart treasuring the truths that God has given mm-hmm. us for the sake of transformed lives. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about like where we look for the next four chapters mm. we're looking at how is God calling us to love him with our head with our hands and with our heart mm. um, and ultimately to walk out an obedient life uh, faithfully on mission mm-hmm. wherever his presence leads us
0: mm. Leah can you pray for us
1: Lord Jesus thank you thank you for coming alive <laughs> through the scriptures both Old Testament and new um, that she're words jump off the page and illuminate to us um, true life found in you. Mm -hmm. We thank you for the witness of Jonah. We thank you for the witness of your word. We thank you for the witness of your very spirit that calls us into fellowship in your presence.
0: Mm -hmm. We
1: pray that as we journey through this book, that it would not just be good knowledge. Uh, but that it would be life transforming, that it would draw us to you and draw our feet to a path that you've called us on. Mm. We love you, Lord. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.